I go around through all my shows and I always ask people, they're, they're always very nice and say, oh, you know, I really like this or this. And I'm like, that's great to hear, but what didn't you like? I want to know what you didn't like. Without that feedback, how do you really know how successful you are? Welcome to Virtually Live by Cultura. In this podcast, we'll try to sum up all the latest and greatest in marketing and specifically in event marketing. To help us do that, we've invited prominent marketing and business leaders to share their most important lessons and give their best predictions for the coming years. In this week's episode, EVP product at Kaltura, Renan Gutman, sits with streaming media analyst Dan Mayburn for Fireside Chat, where he talks about best practices for creating quality content for your events. Uh, I'm Renan Gitman. I'm EVP product at Kaltura, uh, coming to you live from my home office in New York uh, and watching the foliage from the other side uh, through the window. Um, and with me is Dan Rayburn. Hi, Dan. Hi, how are you? I'm coming from New York, too, from, from home where I work. I've uh, been fortunate to have worked from home the last 20 years, so a little bit different for me for the pandemic. Yeah, so not quite new, right? No, no, I'm used to this. So uh, for those of you that don't know Dan, uh, Dan is a blogger, a TV analyst, and he has been conference chairman for over 65 com- um, in-person conferences over the last 17 years in two different continents, you know, in America and Europe. Uh, he's placed over 5,000 speakers, so a ton of experience um, in, in the world of conferencing in general. And we're going to be talking today about content um, and and kind of how to go about producing quality content for, for your event. And um, Dan, I'm just going to dive right in. Okay. <laughs> sure. Our audience has a lot of those. And I think the first thing is kind of just to get us even started, you know, what type of content do you think you should, people should produce for their events? Like what sort of formats, what sort of types of content should they even think about? Yeah, it's a great question. So first, just thank you to Kaltura for having me. I love talking about content when it comes to conferences, because one of the things you hear so much about when it comes to conferences, especially virtual, is technology. Everybody's talking about bells and whistles and platforms and and all that. But, you know, we all know this phrase in the industry, our industry, content is king. And, And that's the case when it comes to consumer content of TVs and movies. But it's also the case when it comes to enterprise communications and marketing. Content is is really why you're drawing a user in. So to your question, you have to create the type of content your attendees want to actually consume and view. You have to measure what success is differently. And, you know, we're going to talk today a lot about sort of tips and tips and tricks and best practices. But when it comes to the content, you have to first and foremost, look at the message you're trying to deliver. So depending what you want to deliver and get across, you know, that's going to dictate your content. Is it short form? Is it long form? What type of format is it from a presentation to a round table to a fireside chat? Maybe it's a case study. Uh, there's, there's lots of different ways to do it. I also think, especially with so much being virtual now, you have to remember that people don't want to sit through eight hours of content multiple days in a row. That's just not realistic. So you see a lot of events these days that are multi-day events. You can't expect people to stay into those. They're going to jump in and out. But it also means that you have to change up the content. Because imagine if every single person had the same background, like most people do at home, right? It's just usually just a white wall. Like, do you want to stare at that for hours a day? You don't. So you have to put a, put in really good production value into the event from audio, from lighting, 
Uh, and in many cases, you have to help your speakers with that. It's it's not something that they're used to doing on their own. And kind of, you know, kind of touching on that point a little bit, you know, thinking through in-person versus virtual, and, and you've done both of these types of conferences. What do you think, is it the same sort of content format? Would you... Would you approach it differently when planning events? It's a good question. You have to look at this differently. So the one thing I don't like in the industry is people are so quick to give others advice. Well, you know, we did this for our conference, so you have to do it. Well, maybe you're having a different style conference. Maybe it's not about how many people you reach, but rather the message that was delivered. So many times in our industry, quantity is focused on instead of the quality. I'd rather deliver a message to fewer people, but to have the message be exactly from a quality standpoint at what I want, than deliver a misjointed message to a larger amount of audience. So you have to think about what you're delivering. You have to think about who your speakers are. Uh, fireside chats when it's when it's a very unique speaker or an executive, you know, those are things that really work well in person. You know, they don't work that well virtually, a uh, true fireside chats. It's difficult to do. And you always want those types of presentations to not be a presentation, but rather it to be a discussion like you and I are having. It should not feel like a Q&A session. You want to think of it as you're having a conversation with one of your friends about a topic you're both, both interested in. Uh, that also helps a lot of speakers, too, who maybe aren't naturally uh, comfortable speaking. And they're not they're not always in that situation. And and that's really what you want is you want them to tell a story, which is something we'll, we'll cover later, because um, that's what a, delivering a message is all about is, is telling a story. So I think when it comes to in-person or virtual, you have to think about the medium differently. Most times you're delivering a different type of message to a different different type of audience. And what you can do in person, um, you know, can never be um, replicated for what you can do online. And when you're thinking about that attendee experience, you know, I oftentimes think that, you know, we're thinking about it as marketers and we're thinking about this through the organizers. You know, we see everything that's happening at the same time. But as an attendee, you know, I choose a specific journey, right? I, I, that's right. I meet you at a certain point and from that going on. So what would be your tip, you know, for marketers thinking about the attendee experience? Like how should they start thinking about those journeys as they're planning their events? So you, you have to understand now with all the choices there are in the market for virtual events and considering we've all just been inundated with Zoom and everything else over the last 18 months and a lot of people have burnout from, from online events, you've got to make this easy. And same thing when it's in person, right? You have to make communication the number one priority, clear communication, sorry, I should have said, with your attendees online. When they come in person, the communication has to be even clearer, right? You have to announce things that they understand. You have to keep things on time from a schedule standpoint, right? That's super important. So I always tell the story of one of my shows where uh, somebody asked me why all the, the door stops had my name on them. Why, does it, why is the word Dan written on all the door stops? And I say, because I bring my own door stops. And they're like, that's insane. And I go, well, no, the reason I bring them is because the hotel doesn't provide them. And when somebody gets up in the middle of a presentation and has to leave the room, and especially if it's in a hotel where they have those like school push doors that make that noise when you push them, right, it interrupts everybody. So I try and think of myself as an attendee in the room. Okay, what is going to annoy me? Like, okay, all of a sudden this noise of doors opening and closing. Okay, put in door stops. 
right? And literally, the hotel's like, nah, we don't give those to you. All right, well, then bring them, right? So you, you have to be prepared for this, and you really have to think about that that customer experience. And, and I go around through all my shows, and I always ask people. They're, they're always very nice and say, oh, you know, I really like this or this. And I'm like, that's great to hear, but what didn't you like? I really don't want to know what you liked. I want to know what you didn't like, or I want to know what you liked at another conference that maybe I should integrate here because without that feedback that's also a very important part here without that feedback how do you really know how successful you are you don't yeah and i think those details make such a huge difference in your experience like what you remember from from a conference and from a talk i'm kind of curious what is your equivalent of the doorstops for virtual conferences that you've run into uh i would say it's production value Right? It's making sure the audio of every single speaker is identical. Oh, it's not? Oh, well, they don't have as great a microphone? Well, that's okay. Not everyone's will be the same. No. Stop. Why are you allowing that quality to be degraded? Send them out a microphone. Right? So invest in the right technology to make the quality of your event good um, because it comes down to that content. The other thing with online is it's going to potentially sit online forever. <laughs> <laughs> In person, it's okay, it's over. But online, you're potentially going to promote it on social. You're going to put it in a newsletter. Right? You're going to have it on a website. Also, really, really important here. Very important. If you make the speaker look good, the speaker is going to promote it for you. Good I find it very interesting how many speakers don't promote a place, uh, event that they spoke on. And the reason is many times you go to look at it, the video's choppy, the audio's pretty bad, right? The lighting's not good. Well, no wonder why they're not promoting it. The, the quality of the video is not great. But now you lost free promotion. And that's the best way to promote live events online is let your speakers do it. So invest in your speakers, invest in that production value, and show them that you want to help them look their best. That's a, that's a really great point. Um, Let's talk a little bit about ROI and measuring ROI. Yeah, yeah. That's a topic dear to your heart. <laughs> so that is not a one-size-fits-all answer, right? When it comes to production value, you either have good audio or you don't. There's no kind of in the middle. Um, ROI is very different. There are many ways to define success with in-person events and virtual events. For some companies, an in-person event is how they generate 100% of their revenue. So there's a different way to, to monetize it, a different way to measure it. For other companies, an in-person conference only contributes a very small amount of their overall revenue for the year. And they might use it more for, for really marketing and promoting their brand and their messaging and other services they provide, or maybe research, right? A lot of research firms do in-person events, but it's really to promote their research and their data and analysis and to showcase themselves as thought leaders in the industry. So. You can't look at all those different events and then measure the ROI the same way. So let's break it down. If, if you're a Fortune 500 organization, enterprise EDU, whatever it is, and you're using this for marketing and comms, what you first and foremost want to look at is what was the quality of your content? Second, did you deliver the right message? Third, did your speaker tell a story? Were they engaging? Focus on those metrics before you focus just on how many people came. Because just because you might have had a lot of viewers, it also doesn't mean those viewers were engaged. 
we've all done the thing where, okay, someone's on a, on a virtual event and you have it playing in the background, but you're not watching it. Maybe you're just listening. Maybe if that, maybe you pause it 10 times throughout. So you never really get to hear the story that transitioned the way the, the company wanted you to. So I think first in, on that side of the house, when you're doing it for marketing and comms, you really think about the message you delivered. What was the quality of the message you delivered? Always focus on quality first. That That is the key. And also, I tend to find those companies are better in that regard because they're brands. Right? Many of them have CPG, uh, consumer packaged goods. Right? They're already out in front of consumers. They know they have to package their content in a certain way, whether it's physical content or digital content. So they tend to be better in that regard as far as measuring the, the success from a messaging standpoint. I think if you're in the conference business or you're in the content business putting on conferences, you really have to measure it based on the quality of the speakers you have, the information that was given out, how you presented that information, right? You should not have somebody presenting a 30 or 40 minute paper on stage. Should never be allowed. And the reason is they've already published the paper. Somebody can go read that when they want to. So have them spend at most 10 minutes recapping the highlights of the paper and then sitting down with somebody to discuss some unique aspect of the findings as opposed to them talking about that or going through, I've seen presentations literally where someone has 60, 70 slides, right? That's, that's not what you should be doing. Now, engineering conferences are a little bit different, right? Those can be very targeted where, where people do want that level and depth of, of content in that side of setting. But those are, again, very unique conferences. Again, look at who your audience is and look at the content. So I think the way you measure ROI is First and foremost, you have to go out and collect feedback during the event and after the event from your attendees. You might think it went really well, but you don't realize, you know, there's a large percentage of them that didn't like something. The other thing I ask many attendees to do is review the sessions. Which were your favorite sessions and why? It's always fascinating to see what they put down. Sometimes it's not what you think. Uh, it also allows you to, if you're putting on an event with lots of speakers, my average event is probably about 100 speakers. It allows you to see which speakers you really want to invite back, especially if they're brand new. If they're a brand new speaker and all of a sudden you get a lot of reviews that, hey, that was a great speaker. I'd love to see him again. Okay, we'll add him to your list. So that's something to think about as well. And then obviously from a monetary standpoint, if you're doing an event where you're generating revenue from it, you do have to look at just number of tickets sold. You have to look at sponsorship. You have to look at things of that nature. But but again, um, putting on the right conference takes time. It takes years. Building an audience takes years. I don't care how good your brand is. So think of this as chess, not checkers. You see way too many conferences. They start off and it's $1,200 a ticket. Right? Why? Make it $500. Yes, you're going to make less money in the beginning, but you know what? You're going to grow your audience faster. You're making it more accessible. Put a ticket price in there for nonprofits. Right? Be creative with your ticketing. I think that's super important. We don't, we don't see a lot of that these days or we see too much. Right? We see, well, you can go to this track on this day and this, but to your point earlier, people are going to flow in and out of the conference the way they want to. Don't restrict them. So make it more of an event as opposed to like a, a conference where they can only go to this during certain days and certain times. Yeah, and I think, you know, in in, in your blog post about, you know, the, the in-person events, you had, you wrote, um, focus is key, 
content is king and frictionless is essential. Um, messaging is crucial. You wrote yeah. those four items. And I think for me, that really sums up so much of, of kind of what you shared right now about um, and what we discussed today about how to really make your event uh, and take it a notch up uh, as far as the quality and the content and, and getting people engaged and interested in it and, and you know, making sure that you're actually reaching those KPIs that you, you set to measure. Um, so for me, that is that really stuck um, as kind of the four points to really think about as you're as you're organizing an event. Yeah, now it's even harder. That's the other thing I'll add. Right, you're competing with a lot more live events, with a lot more hours um, of content online. So think of it this way: uh, you know, in the OTT space, when we're talking Netflix and Disney and HBO Max, right, different side of the house, but. There's so much talk about, well, who competes with who and Amazon. And here's the bottom line. Everybody's competing with everyone for our time and our eyeballs. Right? We can only consume so much content during the day, short form, long form, live, on demand, entertainment, business. So you're really competing with everybody. And now with so many events, in-person events having been canceled and so many more events going online, now you're really competing. So you have to sit down and really think about, to your point, your event differently. And you have to be focused. It has to be bespoke. Um, every single person who buys a ticket for my event, I send them an individual email thanking them for buying a ticket and asking, is there anything particular you want help with at the event? Now, that's not an automated email. That doesn't go out from a database. I literally, every time a ticket sale comes in that day, I don't care if it's one or 10, I send a separate email to that individual finding out how else can, can you help them? Now, it's amazing how many people say, we don't have the time to do this, this and that, but you know how many more additional tickets I sell because of that service? People get excited. They can't believe they emailed you. Well, actually, my friend was thinking of going, but he wasn't sure if this was the right focus. You sell a lot more additional tickets or somebody says, oh, well, I didn't realize that. Like, could I bring three other people from my company? Sure, actually, you know what? I'll give you a discount code. Like, that level of service is, is so rare that when you build that relationship with that person, they continue to come. So that that's the part of my blog post where I talked about it being bespoke. That person should feel like you're putting on the conference just for them. And if you do that, you can definitely be successful. Absolutely. Um, Dan, I want to thank you so much for your time today. And, thank you. Uh, for our conversation. Um, this was fascinating. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot more. Uh, that we can all learn from your experience with uh, with all the conferences that you've touched on and and continue to work with speakers and, and understand attendees. Um, so really, thank you so much for sharing your, your time and your expertise with us as well. Um, and I know that you're also happy to connect with viewers. So if any of the attendees want to reach out to you, they can reach out. Um, it's uh, Dan at DanRayburn.com, right? Dan at DanRayburn.com. Very easy. Yeah, and if you just look, if you have questions on um, you know, tips and tricks or whatnot, no cost, reach out to me. I'm happy to share any experience I've learned over these conferences over the years. Um, just sort of tell you what's worked and what hasn't. I also collect a lot of information from other conference organizers as well of what they're seeing. We do a lot of surveys to figure out what people want in the market, length of time. Should, should my session be 15 minutes, 30 minutes? You know, what you shouldn't be doing is putting seven, eight speakers on a 45-minute panel. It's ridiculous. We see too much of that. But yeah, I'm happy to give advice free of charge if people want to reach out. 
Thank you so much, Dan. It was a Thank pleasure. you. Thank you to Kaltura. Thanks for joining. If you like what you heard, please subscribe below for more episodes. We'll see you next week when EVP Business Development at Kaltura, Leah Deshkar, speaks to Head of Experiential and Field Marketing at Atlassian, Angela Smith, about the success of their digital experiences and how rescaling event marketing is now table stakes.